a couple of weeks ago, the Lord said the next time you speak, you're going to talk about repentance, and I'd kind of forgotten about that. And then this, this message kind of came forth and about Jonah <clears throat> and, uh, and I think it's very relevant to repentance. Repentance is the very foundation of Christianity. It's what was instructed by the apostles on the first day when they said, what did we do? The first word out of his mouth was repent. And sometimes we forget. We forget how to get out of the belly of the whale or the fish, great fish, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and we sometimes forget what it took to get out of the first belly that we put ourselves into. And we sometimes forget that sometimes you've got to let people sit in their fish. You can't touch them. And a lot of times we find ourselves getting in the way of God and what He's trying to do. Oh, that's awful that you let them go through that, that you didn't reach out and do this or do that. But maybe you're not anointed to do that and you need to do a check. You just don't do things outside of the will of God because if you do, you get in the way of what He's trying to do and trying to accomplish. And we find all that in this book here about Jonah. Um, I'm going to start the first chapter. <clears throat> now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amitia. I'll pronounce it how I want to. <laughs> this time you pronounce it how you see it when he come up here. Saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it, for their wickedness has come before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down and into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, a lot of times we get ourselves a little confused. And we think that just because we're getting away with something that we're perhaps in the permissive will of God. We think that, you know, that guy's doing it. I can do it too. I can get away with that. And we, we sometimes find ourselves, we step out and we do a couple little things after we've been told by the Lord to do something else, whether it's through His Word, through the Spirit, which are always in agreement with each other. You should not have one without the other. I don't base my faith, and you shouldn't either, on your gifts from God. You should base your faith on the Word of God. Amen. Then the gifts can enhance that Word of God and help you through things. But if you hear a spirit and it's telling you to do something and it's against the Word of God, then it's not the Spirit of God, period. There is no exception to that rule. It has to line up with the Word. He will never separate himself from the Word. He said that he himself is the Word. Um, but just because you're allowed to do something... And why are you allowed to do that? Because God's given you free will. Jonah had free will. Jonah's told to go preach to somebody. Now understand, you can understand why Jonah doesn't want to go preach to these people. They are, it's a great big city. Um, 
full of very mean people, especially to the Jews. They were very cruel to the Jews. Why should I go preach to them? Why should I go talk to them? Last thing I want to see is them delivered, you know. That's one thing you've got to see from Jonah's perspective. That can't be God. That's crazy. I ain't going over there to talk to those people. You know, I'm not walking into that nightclub and telling that guy at the bar about Jesus. That's crazy. That's the same difference. That's the exact same thing that God's asking him to do is walk right into the nightclub and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. And so you can understand why he doesn't want to go. That's not, they're not nice people. He doesn't think they're going to be very nice to him. They're probably not going to receive him anyways. So why go? <laughs> why bother and waste my time? Let's get a ship and get out of here. Go down and have a good time and enjoy ourselves on the beach somewhere. Okay? <laughs> There's no point in all that. And even if I did go, they probably wouldn't repent anyways. But Jonah gets allowed to have free will. You get allowed to have free will. Jonah's going along and he's doing his thing. God says to do something. We find ourselves the same way. Whenever we read the Word of God, you make a decision. Whenever you see something and it convicts you and you see something that God's wanting you to change, then you need to change it. If you do not, there's a consequence. And so I'll continue reading. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like the broke was like to be broken. Then the mariners, the mariners, were afraid and cried every man unto his god and cast forth the wares that were in the ship and into the sea to the lighten it, lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down and into the sides of the ship, and he was laying was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. If so, be it that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lots fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for those whose cause this evil is upon us, what is thine occupation, and whence comest thou, and why is thy country, and what is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Now you see right there, he still fears God. Even though he's trying to make his own choices. He's trying to make this work out and rationalize this. He has rationalized this situation to fit what he thinks it should be, is what he's done. I shouldn't have to go talk to those people. I shouldn't have to do this thing that God wants me. I shouldn't have to make this change that's in my life. I shouldn't have to walk away from some sin that's sitting in my life that God has told me, hey, you've got this here. This is a problem. If you don't stop, you're going to end up in the belly of a whale or a fish. Amen? Amen. And then you'll have all kinds of problems because it's no fun being in that fish belly. And then, then they said unto him, 
What shall we do unto thee that the sea may come unto us? For the sea wrought had, was temptest. Now I'm going to tell you something. God has done something here that's not fair. He's got one guy out here on this ship that he's trying to get his attention. And God somehow has justified it where He can make everybody's life a living hell because somebody in that ship isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's not fair. That isn't right. But let me tell you something. We're all in a ship together. And if somebody in here isn't doing what, what God's told them to do, it can make our life a living hell. Amen? Amen. That's what it did for all these people on the ship. We've seen it also another time whenever there was a few people in the camp with Joshua that took some stuff they wasn't supposed to take. And every Hebrew was paying the price for somebody else's decision. Amen? Amen. It's the same thing in our families. If I make certain decisions in my family, I can bring bad things. I can, I can make, if I don't do the will of God, I can bring things into my family and cost them things that isn't fair. She didn't make the decision. It ain't fair. Those children didn't make that decision. It ain't fair. But it is the way it is. And God will shake that whole ship and He will tear it apart to get that one person to walk out in faith and do what He's told them to do. Amen. Amen. So you can take that up with Him. <laughs> <laughs> now, these aren't bad people on this ship, as we're going to find out. Then they, they said unto him in verse 11, what, what shall we do unto thee? For the sea is wrought and was, was temptuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea become unto you, for I know that for my sake... This great temptest is upon you. And nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was temptest and against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. Now understand something. Sometimes we do this. We allow people that are in our boat. And they're not doing what God said for them to do. And it's got this whole boat getting tore apart. And then God, is, God he even told them what God wanted them to do. They had a problem too, didn't they? He said, cast me out of here. It's what you need to do. That doesn't sound like right. That doesn't sound, you know, we talk about love, grace, and mercy. And there is. And that's all in this message. But there's a path to get there that isn't fun. That doesn't make the decisions. He says, my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. We don't always get it. We don't understand why the Lord wants us to sometimes walk away from this or walk away from that. Or to do things in a way that we just don't understand. They don't understand it to the point that they want to keep rowing. We don't want to throw you overboard. Man, we don't want to hurt you. We ain't here to hurt you. We're here to help you. But this, this person, he's in a bad spot. Now understand this is a man of God. He has an anointing on him as well. So don't think that the pulpit's very far from the pew. 
as we're really going to discover in this whole message, that, it, that, that there's not that much difference. Now, so they throw old Jonah over, and the sea calms. Well, they've lost all their money and everything else. That wasn't fair. You realize that they threw away over all their cargo. That was their money. They was taking that over there probably to sell, trade, make money, whatever they was doing. And the, and the ship captain there probably didn't get paid everything he was supposed to get paid to take people he was supposed to take. A bunch of unfair things and unjust things just seemed to happen to a bunch of people that were just minding their own business. Amen. Because somebody was told to do something by the Lord and they just didn't do it. <clears throat> Um, so and then in 17 he prepares a great fish and he's swallowed up and he's in the belly for three days and three nights now here's something that's kind of interesting that happens Jonah's in the middle of this situation he's found himself in the belly of a fish just as human beings often find themselves, find themselves out doing things they're not supposed to be doing in places they're not supposed to be with people they're not supposed to be with. And then they get themselves into these situations. They go out and they do these things just like he did and they find themselves in the belly. They find themselves broke. They find themselves broken spiritually. They find themselves in a situation where, oh my gosh, where is God? What have I done? We all do. We've all done these things. We've all found ourselves somewhere in the belly of this fish, the same way as this prophet. What's interesting is what Jonah does. The next few verses here Verse 2 is chapter 2. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell. Cried I and heardest my voice. Thank you very much. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all the billows and the waves passed over me. He's not in a pleasant place. He's, com he's compared this to hell, which is the worst place that we could possibly think of. It's hell. That's, that's our word for the absolute worst place that you could go and be a part of. And that's how he's describing this. And I have found myself, because I haven't been obedient to God before, in the belly of that whale, which felt like hell. And it didn't seem like there was any way out. You've got to think about where he's at. He's at the lowest depths you can get. You've got the mountains way up here, and you've got all the way down the side of the mountain, out across the land, down into the depths of the water. He's as pretty low as you can get. So he starts to praise the Lord. He starts a process of repentance. A process that it would have been a lot easier just to do the will of God. Remember he says, better than, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. 
Amen. And Jonah's figuring this out. So, Jonah goes through this whole thing of in this second chapter and of begging for God's mercy and His grace. And in the 10th verse, he finally finds it after three days and three nights of this. So you can understand he's not eating, obviously. He's in a very unpleasant place. No man can help him. No man can do anything for him. The only person that has the power to save this person is God Himself. Besides me, there is no other Savior, says the Lord. And that is where he finds his repentance, is in the midst of that. It was myself I was in the midst of that. I was in a place before I came to the Lord that I didn't want to be. I was doing things that were causing problems in my life. I was broke, even though I had a lot of money coming in. And I was broken, spiritually, mentally. Things weren't working right. Things weren't coming together, <laughs> you know. I was surviving, but that was about all I was doing. I didn't have that completeness inside of me. Amen. And I needed that completeness. I needed something that would make me whole, no matter what was going on around me. Um, and I found that. But I had to throw parts of my life away. I had to throw things away. I even had to quit going to places that I went to. It no longer was it going to be profitable for me to go down and hang out at Kenny's all night. It wasn't profitable to begin with. It was for Kenny. <laughs> it was very profitable for him. But, but something had to change. I had to repent of those things. I had other things in my life that God wanted me to throw away. I've talked about some of those things before. And, uh, and I had to, to walk differently, do things differently. But I was in the belly of a whale. Now, Jonah, in the third chapter, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. So here's Jonah after his repentance. He's probably hoping that he still doesn't have to do what he's going, well, had to do before, but he's willing to do anything because he just came out of a bad situation. He just got delivered. And let me tell you something. After you go through the belly of hell and God delivers you, it's at that moment right there that you realize, I'll do whatever you want, God. That was the point. He was, he was total surrender. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. I will be whatever you want me to be. I will say whatever you want me to say. And I will, I'll grow up in all of your righteousness. Just I'm thankful to God that you got me out of that belly, belly of that hell well. Hell well. <laughs> Now, in the third verse of the third chapter, I'm not going to read every verse here, so I'd be here all day. <clears throat> so Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter to the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days... 
and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, the prophet got a message, didn't he? As he's going down the streets and he's walking into their places of gathering, and he's saying, the Lord thy God says, he had 40 days... If you don't repent, if you don't turn away from the things and the evilness and wickedness that you're doing, this city's going to burn. Every light's going to be, street light's going to be taken out. Amen. Every river's going to dry up. And any water that's left, it's going to kill you when you drink it because it's going to be filled with bacteria. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that the cities are going to start to crumble. Your enemies are going to come in on you and they're going to take this greatest city that's alive right now and it's going to take it down. Amen. It's going to be just like Jericho was. Amen. It's going to tear it apart. And it's going to burn down. And you all are going to burn in hell. <laughs> that was what was going to happen. That was his message. That seems, but isn't that the message still today? If you don't repent and you don't turn to Jesus Christ, the other option is hell. I know I don't say it too often, but there's only two options here. Either believe on Him and you have the Father, amen, and you go to heaven. If you reject Him, the only other place is hell. That was his message. Come on, as he's going, he's, he's, he's got it going on as he gets going in. Nobody's touching him right now, you know. He's got all this anointing, all this power on him. Oh, glory to God, you're all going to burn. And now he's got in the back of his mind as he's preaching this too, you know. He knows what, at this point, what they have, what they have done to his people. But more importantly, he knows what God just done for him. Now here's the thing. There's not any difference between Jonah and the people of Nineveh right now. Jonah just was disobedient to God and went three days in the belly of the hell fish. Amen. And Nineveh's sitting here and they've got 40 days to get themselves straightened up or else they're going to the same place. Amen. So you find that usually when the prophet's preaching, the prophet's not too far from being from where the pew person is at right now. Amen. That he's been there. Let me tell you something. Once you've been there, and once you've been delivered from there, amen, and you start to preach to somebody, I've been where you've been. Amen. I've been down there snorting that stuff up my nose. Amen. I have made those decisions and went to bed with people, other people's wives. And I, I've went down and I've done all this. And I have I've done all kinds of evil, wicked things to people. I've lied to people. I've cheated people. Amen. But God delivered me from that. I no longer lie to people. I no longer cheat. Amen. I no longer do these things. Amen. I set myself forward because I, come on, Shekamash, have repented and I have walked a straight line now. Amen. And I know what it's like to be down in the belly of the hell well. But come on, you can get out of that hell because God wants to deliver you. Amen. That was the message that he was really preaching to him. Amen. That was the message was, if you would repent. Amen. Come on. Come on. What's Jonah do after that? Jonah walks out of the city. As you'll read, and he gets himself a real comfortable spot. He thinks, I'm going to watch this place burn. <laughs> I've done the will of God. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Let me tell you something. These people come in, they preach these messages. Amen. You're convicted. Because they've been where you're at. 
But that's the other thing they're going to do. They're going to sit back and watch. Well, are they going to burn? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but what does Nineveh do? What does he watch happen? Nineveh repents. I'll let you read that part of the story yourself. But they repent. Sackcloth, ashes. The whole city changes this way. Now they've done all kinds of wicked things. They've killed, slaughtered people, murdered. They've, they've done all kinds of, of wickedness. Lied, cheated, stealed. Whatever they wanted to do. Well, that don't seem right. All these wicked people are getting ready to get saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The prophet, <laughs> he wasn't too good either for a while. He had to spend a little, little time in that belly. Amen. But when he got in the belly, what did he do? He praised the Lord. Now what did Nineveh do? Nineveh praised the Lord. You say, well now how? How can they do that? Well, here's what they did. is They tripped the trigger of mercy and grace. Amen. See, a lot of times the problem is is that people aren't triggering that yet. They have to repent. You have to walk forward into grace. Amen. It's not something just falling in your lap. You have to trigger that with God. Well, how can He do that? Well, the Word of God in 2 Chronicles 7th chapter the 14th verse says, If my people, which are called by my name, come on now, shall humble themselves. This group of people, and he got down there in the belly of the whale, the prophet did, and he humbled himself. He was very humbled, amen. I know that I have done wrong. I know that I ain't done this thing right. I know that I ain't walked the straight line, Lord. I know that I didn't go talk to the people you wanted me to talk to, amen. I know, Lord, that when you pricked my heart and I was talking to that person, I told them a flat-out lie, amen. I know, that, I know that I was supposed to turn left up there and go talk to this person about Jesus but I didn't. I just went straight on. Amen. Come on now. I know that I've done all these wicked and these terrible things, Lord. But by your grace and your mercy that endureth forever, I know that I can have that grace and that mercy not to just spoil and throw it away and walk back into the, hell, the belly of hell. Amen. But to walk into the grace and the mercy of God and do what I'm supposed to do. Amen. So if my people called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, there has to be a change, amen. You got to make a change. You got to walk from those ways and you got to walk into the good ways that the Lord has for you. You want the grace? You want the mercy? You want all those things? So obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't like it sometimes either, amen. <laughs> Because it's hard on the flesh. He's done things to me. He told me one time to sit in a hospital seat in this waiting room. And I sat there for like 30 minutes or something. 30, 45 minutes. Because I couldn't find somebody. And I had to sit there that whole time as the Lord's telling me. And then He, and then he quit telling me. So I just had to sit there on my own. That's even harder. You know? And sure enough, 
the doors open up and a lady walks out and tells me where I need to go. Out, I mean, out of all the floors, out of all the places she could have been, God had put her there. And if I wouldn't have been obedient, I couldn't have fulfilled what God put me in that hospital fulfilled that day. And that sounds simple, that sounds small, but it sounds pretty small too that Jonah just had to go preach. That's all he had to do was go preach to a bunch of people. <clears throat> but here's the important part. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'll not only forgive them, but I'll heal them. I'll nurture them back to health. Amen. But bless God, you have to surrender. It has to be totally for Him. You have to get to the point. Get tired of being in the, in the belly of hell and say, I want something different. I want you, Lord. It ain't always pretty. You bump along the way, but His grace and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. And I thank Him for that. Amen. And we're all in this together. I worry about my decisions because I know if I make the wrong decisions, not just because of my position, it's because I'm connected with you guys. Then let me tell you something. The boat could get torn apart. Amen. And we don't want the boat torn apart. <laughs> I like calm seas. Amen. <laughs> but bless God for His grace and His mercy. It endures forever. Jonah had a few words later on with the Lord and all unhappy to a point. He wanted to see that city burn. But he didn't quite get the fullness, I don't think, from a lot of what we read here of what his message was. His message was for them to repent. You know, and that's our message to people is, you know, turn away from this. And uh, the message hasn't changed. The Spirit of God still works the same. The cliche of this day and age, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nobody, nobody is, are doing any things any different than what they have done before. Okay? It, it isn't changed. You go all the way back to even, you know, Adam and Eve is it with their kids and everything else. Now, nothing's changed since then. Um, it's, it's funny how... Lucifer likes to portray himself as doing something new, you know. Well, this day and age, it's okay to do this. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want the blessings that God has, it says that you're supposed to repent of those things and you're supposed to do different things. That's just the way it is. And uh, I know you're, oh, preacher. <laughs> well, that's part of it. I have to do it too. Let me tell you something. This position here where I'm at, ain't any different than what you're going through. Amen. But I can tell you this, every time that I get into a situation where I have put myself by my decisions, that if I looked up to the Lord, He always delivered me. It wasn't always easy. And He healed me. You may have a scar. Amen. And... Sometimes there's consequences. 
You know, you get into a situation that, that you're lying or cheating or stealing or doing something, you may lose a position. You may lose that. But you never lose the grace and the mercy of God and His ability to eventually restore. That's what people forget is there is a restoration that can happen. But it takes a lot of time, especially if you've hurt people and you've done things, you know, in your past. It will take a long time before they believe you're something different. I know I went through that. You know, it took a lot of years for people to accept that I was something different than what I was. Amen? And, uh, and still some, it's hard for them to see. And I understand that because when we look at each other, you know, <clears throat> Um, we see something usually from the past, you know. I look at Sister Shelley, and I still imagine Sister Shelley as high school. You know what I mean? And I see that. It is, it's plain as day. With people we know, especially, I, th I think it's the, the concept that we all don't want to get older. And <laughs> so, so we <laughs> but Sister Shelley isn't the same person today that she was in high school. She's changed. Amen. Well, I wasn't going to throw that out there. But, <laughs> but bless God for His unchanging hand on us. And... You know, He doesn't always do things that we think is fair. And I've, I've often told people that this ain't about fair. You know, it's about God's plan. It's about God has the justification somewhere. And it's about believing in Him and doing His will. And that no matter what we see or think, because that's faith. And how else do you please God? He says, you can't please me unless you have faith, right? That's what the Word says. So us believing on Him and walking forward in Him and we'll make mistakes. Sometimes you turn left when you shouldn't. You allow your emotions, your rationality to get in there. But the important thing is to get back on track. You see, that, that's what Lucifer... Lucifer absolutely hates this trump card. When you walk into the room and you say, Lord... Have mercy on me. Yeah. And then he does. And the devil's like, are you kidding me? Did you not just see what he done? That disobedient, rotten thing? <laughs> and you're just going to let him walk back in and, and do something? And sometimes though, walking back in isn't just walking back in and you get what you had and you're at the position that you were and doing what you were doing. Sometimes you've got to start all over and God's already given that to somebody else and you've got to take off another direction. And that gets even more difficult because the Lord is not going to dismiss the needs of others because you weren't obedient. He will put somebody in there. He will save who He wills to save. Amen. I praise the Lord this morning. That's all I have. That's good. And, yeah. Yeah.